Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Needless to say, it is your opinion on yesterday's budget that we are looking for today. And all of the papers, all, you know, front page banner headlines are all to do with the record 11 billion euro budget that uh, was used and announced yesterday to ease cost of living. And I think the Irish Times for me got the one that jumped out at me. What they very simply did was they put down the number 11 and they followed that with nine zeros because that's how many zeros you need in order to write down 11 billion. I mean, once upon a time, we had a minister for finance who used to talk about billions and billions. And yesterday, that's exactly what happened to the tune of 11 billion. And now the government are banking that that record, and it was a record 11 billion budget package, will ensure that households can pay bills with the cost of living crisis set to rapidly escalate this winter. So it's almost like they're trying to protect people uh, across this winter as we for the rest of this year and slowly into the start of New Year. Now we do know that there's been weeks and weeks of very tense negotiations by all of the coalition partners but it was the Finance Minister Pascal Donoghue and the Public Expenditure Minister Michael McGrath they were the ones yesterday who outlined an unprecedented series of welfare increase. There was tax cuts in there. There was grants to businesses and there was reduction in government fees. In their speeches, the two ministers said the significant level of spending, it was aimed firstly at helping people who are struggling to heat their homes. And there are very few people in this country who won't struggle to heat their home this uh, winter. And they also outlined what they wanted to do to help businesses because many businesses are finding it difficult because of those high energy uh, costs. And of course, as we knew was going to be announced, we were just looking for the exact detail on it. There will now be three 200 euro electricity credits uh, similar to what they did earlier in the year the money just comes straight off your electricity bill no matter who your provider is and it's going to come off the November bill the January bill and the January bill for most households it's the one that's probably the most expensive of the year because it's the one that carries 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 us over Christmas and usually over the coldest months of the year December and uh, January and then the third and final one will be paid out in March of next year Now, a lot of businesses were very much waiting for one o'clock yesterday to come to hear what Pascal and Michael had to announce. And the government yesterday are to give grants of up to 
€10,000 a month. Now, that's on any increases that businesses are facing in their energy costs. So it really is going to be the businesses that have the highest energy bills are the ones that will get the most out of that. And then tax cuts. That's where anybody at work and yesterday when we were talking in advance of the budget, we had so many texts and comments in from people saying because there was there had been so much talk about welfare, and what people on welfare were going to get. And so many of our listeners yesterday saying, what about us that go out to work every day? What's going to be there for us? So there are uh, tax uh, cuts and looking through it, uh, certainly yesterday evening, Families, say a couple with uh, two children with a combined earning of €85,000. And that might sound to some like a lot, but if you look at a husband and wife earning, say one earning 45000 one earning 40000 they're not huge sums. Combined together, 85000 they will gain an extra €1,660. Now, it will be next year when the tax breaks um, uh, come in. And the income tax uh, rate, of course, was increased by €3,200. It means for taxpayers that they don't move to the top rate of 40%. From next year, they won't do it until their earnings go over the 40 thousand euro mark. There's also to be uh, increases in the home care tax uh, grant. Now staying on tax, Leo Varadkar of course had been pushing and he's been pushing for quite some time to get this middle tax rate of 30 percent and according to some papers today he was still looking for that right up to the last minute. Now he didn't get it but the finance minister Pascal Donoghue did flag the measure and said it will be considered ahead of the next budget but it will depend on whether the revenue commissioner can take can get the system in place to introduce this new rate of tax. Leo Varadkar's aim is that you have the, the lower rate which is 20%, you'd have a 30% and then uh, then up to the 40%. He's always argued that the jump from 20% to thirty to 40% was always too high and we need a mid-range uh, tax. So anyway, it's it's still on the table but didn't go through yesterday. Carbon tax, yes, the dreaded carbon tax, they are still there and they are going to increase as planned. Now they're due to kick in in next month in, in October but what happened yesterday was a deal has been struck by the coalition leaders to ensure that the increases will not see the price of petrol or diesel go up at the pumps because we're finally very slowly starting to see the price of petrol and diesel come down it would be sinful if suddenly because of carbon tax you get up one morning and petrol and diesel has suddenly shot up. So what's been agreed is the National Oil Reserve Agency, NORA, their levy is going to be reduced to zero. And what that will do is it'll offset the cost of the carbon tax on motor fuel. So the carbon tax is still there, but we're not going to be paying extra in our petrol and uh, diesel. And then the welfare package, that was the big one. It was a massive two billion euro welfare package was announced yesterday as we predicted yesterday the increases to all of the core rates they will go up by 12 euro and that will kick in from next year it's not coming in until January but then of course there's hundreds and hundreds of euro of one-off payments anything from pensioners to carers uh, to people living on uh, disabilities Heather Humphreys the social protection minister is also not ruling out further one-off payments next year because of course nobody knows what way inflation 
is going to go. If inflation continues to, so- to soar, then the government will have to intervene. When she was asked about the possibility of additional measures being taken in, say, March of April of next year, she says there's still some fuel in the tank. And uh, she mentioned, of course, that the Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, during his budget speech had said there was been money put away into a reserve. So she says there is, st- that's what she's saying, there's still some fuel in the tank. She said there will be money available if it's needed. But she feels that the package that was put together yesterday will go a long way to support people with the increased cost of living. But if inflation continues to rise, they have a little bit put away in the rainy day fund. Department sources say that everything will be kept under review. Uh, But as of now, there are no plans for any additional uh, payments. Now, the €12 a week for social welfare. Not everyone is going to be happy with that because yesterday when we suggested that it was going to be €12, we had a flood of calls in from people saying simply not uh, enough. It looks like Heather Humphreys and Leo Varadkar, they were looking for a €15 a week hike, but they were simply told that the money wasn't uh, there because, of course, there had been a lot of talk as well. And certainly the NGOs and people like the Society of uh, St Vincent Paul and Social Justice Ireland and Focus Ireland, they were all looking for at least €20 of an increase. And we were told there wasn't enough money for that uh, either, but there wasn't even enough to give €15 a a week. there has also been long running debates about how to address the housing and the rental uh, crisis. And yesterday, of course, we got a nod to renters. The ministers finally settled on a €500 Euro tax credit for renters. It'll be paid this year and it'll be paid again in 2023. But for certainly for people that are renting in cities like Dublin, even Cork or Limerick, the 500 euro isn't going to go very hard, far when we're hearing about how high some of the rents are at the moment. The Housing Minister, Dara O'Brien, pushed for tax cuts for landlords, but party leaders eventually ruled that out and, and instead they have gone for this tax-free pre-letting expense to 10,000 euro. And of course, there had been a call. Mike Allen of Focus Ireland, I thought he was the strongest one when he came out talking about there was nothing done for landlords. And you would think, why would Focus Ireland want something done for landlords? But he was making the point that we need the landlords that are there, the private landlord or landlords, particularly the people that own only one house for rent. They're the ones that are leaving. We know so many landlords are leaving and getting out of renting and instead deciding to sell. And Focus Ireland were saying we need to keep those landlords in place for as, for as long as we need them while we continue to build houses and of course we're not building houses uh, fast enough so there had been a hope that something would be done to encourage landlords who might be at that point of deciding will they sell up or not to stay in the game and there was nothing really done except for those pre-letting expenses so I wonder people who are waiting until the budget to see what be announced I wonder will we see landlords making decisions to sell up their properties uh, today. Now there is a vacant homes uh, tax It'll be charged at three times the rate of the property tax for the relevant uh, homes. That could catch some people who have holiday uh, homes. It depends on how long they spend in their holiday homes. And we know that there are vacant properties 
all over the country. Doesn't, by the way, in- include derelict properties. It has to be properties that are livable in, but there certainly are. And it also, by the way, before we start getting calls in, it, the vacant property tax will not affect somebody who has gone in to nursing home care or somebody who's in hospital and, and their house is empty for that uh, reason. Uh, one that we hadn't, that hadn't been flagged, was this defective concrete levy. Now, it's to help pay towards the call, the fallout from the mica crisis and obviously anybody, any house that was affected by the mica crisis, everybody accepts that those people need to be compensated. But it looks like now anybody building a house into the future are going to be paying towards that, the fallout from the mica crisis. And that cer- certainly wasn't something that had been flagged in advance. Pascal Donoghue said the government will have to evaluate if further measures will be needed in the first few months of 2023. He says the proposals that were announced yesterday are going to make a real difference for this year and for the first few months of next year. He says, I think this budget will help. I think for many, it may not be enough in their eyes. And that's exactly what I've been hearing so far and certainly any Vox Pops I've heard of people people saying it's a little but just simply not uh, enough. Uh, Pascal Donoghue says he hopes that they will get into a better position next year when there will be a, an improvement particularly in the price of energy but what the government has done yesterday is outline three energy credits and a variety of other uh, changes and uh, he believes that the new measures will provide enough support in this year and early into next year and he says that that point the government then will just reevaluate where we go from here and despite criticism from opposition politicians and from charities at uh, the weekly increased core social welfare of 12 euro people saying it won't be enough Michael McGrath says it wasn't possible to put in place the increases of uh, 20 euro and he went on to outline that if they did go for the 20 euro increase which was called on by a lot of uh, charities if they gave that to everyone who is on a social welfare payment 20 euro a week uh, would have cost 1.5 billion and he simply said it would have stopped the increases in the other uh, areas so a kind of a there seems to be a bit of a mixed um, review and a mixed look at how the budget went down yesterday but certainly it was unprecedented and we've never seen anything like the record amount of money that was handed out yesterday. Some of your thoughts already coming in to the programme this morning says Hi, I am a listener in West Cork. I totally welcome all the payments, particularly those under social protection but farmers that have kept our economy going, they really gained nothing from the budget. Small payment here and there. Remember it is it is. Our farmers, says this listener, that keeps that kept food on the table only for our farmers. This in this economy, keeping all households and food to the shops. So why were the farmers thought so little of in the budget? And there was five. They were agricultural tax reliefs. You know, for example, a young trained farmer stamp duty relief. There was a farm restructuring capital gains tax uh, relief, a registered farm partnership stock relief. And the only other one I could find was there was a general stock relief. That's the one that's already in place and that uh, continues on until the end of 2024. So the farming community feeling they didn't get a lot out of yesterday's budget. And hi Patricia, talking about yesterday's budget is the double children's allowance payment that was suggested. Is that going ahead? It is. 
and it is going to be paid. I have a list of when everything is going to be paid. The €12 a week doesn't kick in until uh, January. Haven't got a date in January, by the way. I don't know if it's the beginning, the middle or the end. But the child benefit, the double payment per child uh, will be paid out in November. So I imagine when you go to collect your child benefit, as we still call it, children's allowance in November, you will receive that payment. November is also the month for the the 400 euro for people, the additional lump sum for the fuel allowance, the 500 euro that's going to be given to uh, people on carer support grant, people on a disability allowance, a blind pension or a validity pension, one off lump sum payment of 500 euro paid in November. The living alone allowance lump sum, that's in November 200 euro and the working family payment really glad to hear about this one uh, there's an extra 500 euro lump sum payment that gets paid out in November and the first of the double weeks for the social welfare we know the Christmas one the Christmas bonus but there's also going to be a, a double one paid out in October people are saying again don't have a definite date on it people are saying probably around the end of October around it'll be known as the Halloween uh, bonus uh, but it is going ahead in October and the first of the electricity credits uh, will arrive in November 0818103103 John Paul taking your calls Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group promoter home, business, farm life and health insurance cmig.ie As one of our Listeners put it yesterday, budget 2023 had more leaks than Irish water. So once again, joining me to cast a look over what was announced yesterday is Adam Higgins, political correspondent uh, with the Irish Sun newspaper. Good morning to you, Adam. Good morning, Patricia. Yeah, I don't think there was too many surprises no, yesterday no. In, the, in the announcements. The, the one thing that I found astonishing was we had probably two of the most prudent ministers, Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath, and suddenly they were giving away mil- billions and hundreds of millions. It was quite astonishing to listen to yesterday. It really was. And in particular, the finance minister, Pascal Donoghue, who has a, a reputation for being prudent and some of his Fine Gael uh, colleagues would be often rowing with him about loosening up the poor strings a bit more. But I don't think anyone could argue that they didn't open up the the state purse yesterday because there was a hell of a lot of money being dished around to almost every department in the, in the government. And I think that kind of goes to show you, one, with the confidence that they have in the state finances at the moment from the, the bounce back that we had from COVID-19. And two, that they are hoping that this is going to be something that will you know win back supporters from the likes of Sinn Féin who have skyrocketed in the polls in recent years. Now, let's take a look at at some of the detail. Two billion euro was what the social welfare package was worth. As we mentioned yesterday, 12 euro a week increase and the double bonus uh, payment, one in Halloween, probably, and one at Christmas. They were really the main headlines, weren't they, out of the social welfare? They were indeed, but I think something that package is enormous. That social welfare package, and uh, it could have been bigger as well. By all means, um, Heather Humphreys wanted to go even further, we're told, but was reined back in a little bit by um, Michael McGrath from Fianna Fáil. But if you look at those uh, the targeted measures that are in that, so you look at the for carers and people with disability, there's a five hundred euro lump sum that comes in November. The, for people on the fuel allowance at the moment, there's a 400 euro lump sum. People on the living alone allowance, there's a, a 200 euro lump sum. They're all to be paid in November. So I think between now and the end of the year, 
it's because th- that 12 euro hike doesn't uh, increase in their weekly rates until next year but between now and the end of the year there is a lot of support there in one-off measures for people who are already on uh, welfare supports now the, the one issue i think uh, people will take with the welfare package as a whole is the government yesterday kind of boasted about how many more people will be accepted into the likes of the fuel allowance scheme but really they don't get in until next year so for the next few months those the government is really saying to those new people yes we know you need support but we're not going to give it to you until january uh yeah and it's the same with the, the 12 euro the ink the weekly increase that doesn't kick in until january either Yes, and the, the income tax cuts for workers as well. That That's going to be worth, when we worked out the maths yesterday, if you're on a, a wage of around €40,000, that'll be worth almost €70 Euro a month for you, but that won't kick in until next year. So really, until Christmas, uh, you're you're on your own, bar obviously that uh, enormous electricity support that the government's going to give, uh, which will be, as we discussed yesterday, 200 in three lump sums, one in November, one in January and the other in March. And families, there was a lot of focus placed on families. I mean, the double child benefit payment, I, I don't think I've ever remembered that happening before. Mm, that will be paid out in November, that double child benefit. But then there's also supports then, obviously, if you have a child in childcare, that will be worth about a thousand euro next year per child. Then uh, we have the the primary school books are free as well and obviously the energy credit and then if parents are working the income tax I, we had worked it out yesterday that if you had one child in childcare and two working parents on a wage of around 40,000 euro each that would save the family next year overall including the energy supports that's about 4,500 euro more in the budget so I mean it's a if you look at it, the real winners there are families, especially yeah. families with young children. Yeah, and and the the other the flip of that, I, I read in your in your piece in the paper uh, th- this morning, middle income workers who don't have children are the ones they will gain, but they're the ones that will gain the least. Yes, that's right. So I mean, really, the only thing for a middle income earner, the only thing is that small, uh, the marginal increase in their take home pay from the income tax cuts and then the 600 euro energy uh, credits that's all they really have unless they're renting then you'll get that 500 euro uh, tax relief and i actually spoke to the tarnisher yesterday you can read that piece in uh, the irish sun or sun there's a video interview on the sun.ie today but he kind of confessed saying look we know that families are the big winners here but he defended it really saying it's really expensive to bring up a family in ireland and everything that happens in ireland is so expensive that they felt that families should be their first port to go when they try put these supports in and he said that there was those he he said that about 1400 euro would be worth the energy supports and 800 euro in income tax for a middle income earner next year and i think you'll see in minister Donahue's speech that he gave yesterday there was a very interesting line kind of tucked away in the middle when he said that they discussed a third rate of income tax that would really help middle income earners but they couldn't get it over the line this year and he said they will be doing work to prepare for that and possibly introducing that in 2024. So there is kind of a signal ahead for middle income earners that next year might be their year. And that's Leo's 30% rate, isn't it? That he's been talking about for many years. That's the one that Tanish has been pushing for for a while now. And it's kind of a, I think when you look at it, it's really an election move to try to win back some voters uh, from those middle income earners, really hit that Fianna Gael base and tried to get the party support again because you have seen a slump there. And I think in particular, the Tarnished, uh, he might be feeling pressure on his leadership here and he knows that I need to hammer the base, I need to grow the party again 
And I think that's where they're going to aim for in the next few budgets and in the run-up to any future election. The €500 a year tax relief for people renting houses. I heard Threshold yesterday point out that that's worth about seven days of rent, particularly if you're renting in uh, Dublin. Is that too low? Well, that so that €500 you'll get this year and you'll get it next year. And the government's plan then is to keep that baked into the public finances for the next few years until they somehow rent prices come down. I think that was the one area that when you listen to the opposition party's reactions yesterday, that was the one area that a lot of them were targeting, that this wasn't really worthwhile when compared to the enormous increases that there's been in people's uh, rental pay every every month. And I think what a lot of parties were targeting was you're putting this in and say a landlord will end up just cashing that in rent increases. So they will this 500 euro result in, in people's rents going up because landlords know that the people have it. Also, I don't know whether, and I don't think people who are receiving HAP supports or RAS supports will be able to get this payment, which is another thing because there's a hell of a lot of people getting state aid for, with, for their rental. And that, is there anything for them? Because we know they're paying top ups to their landlord in any way. So that is a bit of a missy, uh, a grey area there on this payment as well. And I think that €500 Euro payment could it have been used to try and, I don't know, build more houses or how does that work? I don't know. But it's one area that I, I know the opposition really targeted yesterday. Is there also, um, um, could you call it an unforeseen plus from it in that unregistered landlords who haven't been paying tax on the rent that they've been earning, they'll be identified, won't they, once somebody comes forward to claim their tax relief as a tenant? Yeah, that's a good point. Or will, on, on the flip side of that, will the landlord tell their tenant not to claim that because they're not, uh, yeah, you not know, registered. paying their things? Yeah. And, yeah. and will it cause issues for people's tenancies? It's, it's, a, it's a very, the housing market in Ireland at the moment, and particularly the rental sector, is all over the place. And I think, this is one area where the government wanted to put cash back in people's pockets. Wanted, they wanted to acknowledge renters and put money back in there. But uh, is it the best way to do it? I'm not sure. And nothing really done to keep landlords in the market. Yes, this is this was one that was knocked around for a while. There was consideration about whether they were going to try to change the tax situation for landlords to let them keep more of their money in order to encourage landlords to stay in the market because so many are leaving at the moment selling their properties. But they, it, it never went over the line. And from what I can understand is that the ministers ran into trouble in that if they had changed the situation, tax situation for landlords, they may have had uh, knock-on effects for other businesses. And so they couldn't really go d- down that road of it would make a mess for them. So they decided to leave it alone. And I think You'll see landlords, the reaction to landlords who have been listening to the government party saying time and time again that landlords are leaving the market and we need to do more. And then they had their chance in this big, enormous spending budget and they really didn't do much for landlords at all. And the one that certainly hadn't been uh, leaked, the 10% levy on the concrete blocks. The knock-on effect of that is it will increase the price of any new bills, won't it? Surely you'd think so, yeah. And I thought this was a, a, a strange one. So clearly the, the background of this tax is on, it's a tax, they're going to increase the price of concrete with this tax and try to claw back some of the money that they'll be using to help families who've been affected by the MICA scandal. But I think you're right to say the knock-on effect of this will that it push up not only house prices because the cost of building a house will go up more, but also uh, not too long ago, Minister McGrath put out a press release acknowledging that 
the cost of building materials was shooting up. Um, this was having a knock-on effect on state projects such as building roads, building schools, building houses, things like that. And so they developed a scheme that would then uh, help the builders to pay for these things. And now they're adding another 10% onto that. So they acknowledged that building pr prices were going up and now they're adding onto it again. So it's a really a bizarre one, I think. Uh, I, probably the wrong time, I would say, to, to add that tax onto building blocks. OK, and the cigarettes up 50 cents from last uh, night. They've left the beer uh, and alcohol alone. But there was good news for, for, for is it apple and cider? Apple and pear cider drinkers? Yes, this is a quirky one. Um, it was for, so this is a 50 cent reduction on the tax for, uh, 50%, sorry, reduction on the tax for small cider and perry uh, producers. And when we questioned uh, the Department of Finance about it, they said that this should wash down to about 27 cents less on the pint of cider. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't uh, apply to the likes of Boomers oh, and Orchard Teas and all those popular ciders. But oh. if you're sitting at home now thinking, I might go out for a nice craft cider now later on, yeah. the, the price should come down. It's a pity I don't drink cider. OK, and Adam, was it, was it a tough job for opposition to get up after this, you know, wonderful giveaway budget? Like I thought Piers, uh, Piers Doherty, I was waiting for Piers Doherty because, you know, normally he'd be straight in almost like a Rothweiler. He seemed a bit muted in his response. Yeah, I think you're right as well. We were sitting up in the gallery watching and you're kind of expecting, usually Pierce comes in with these kind of big bombastic uh, statements and he really does well from the opposition benches. But he was muted yesterday, I thought. I actually thought that one of the better uh, contributors yesterday from the opposition benches was Sinn Féin's Mairead Farrell, who kind of had a go at the government for not having enough to tackle the housing crisis in this budget and and took aim at the climate action measures in the budget as well, which there wasn't too many of them. And she's used this to say that the government wasn't uh, taking care of young voters, wasn't listening to young voters and what they wanted, which is obviously those two big areas, housing and climate action. And I thought that was a very astute way of uh, taking on this budget, because as you say, it was a difficult one to poke holes in. OK, well, I suppose everyone will accept that the government couldn't solve everybody's uh, problem, uh, but they tried to put money back in as many people's pockets as uh, possible. And that's what it looks like they have achieved. Uh, listen, Adam, and well done. I was reading, you must have been up till the wee hours of the morning, uh, judging by all the commentary you have in the paper in the sun today. So well done on that. And thank you for your contribution both today and yesterday. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Adam Higgins, who is political correspondent with the Irish Sun newspaper. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Finance, announced an income tax package of 1.1 billion euro yesterday. So to try to dig down uh, into some of those figures, I'm joined by Mairead O'Driscoll, the tax nerd from Goline. Good morning to you, Mairead. Good morning, Patricia. And you're very welcome uh, to the programme. I suppose the one that most people uh, will be talking about is that income tax will stay the same at both the 20% and 40% uh, rate, but there's an increase in the yeah. income for the tax rate band. Exactly. And that that's kind of the most significant increase and in savings that a lot of tax savers will benefit from. Um, obviously, it doesn't affect everyone. If you earn in the low, low less than 36,800, then it won't make a difference to you, this specific change. So essentially what happens is 
So there's two rates of tax, as you mentioned, the 20% rate, which is the standard rate or the lower rate. And then there's the higher rate of tax, which is 40%. And last year, that 40% rate kicked in um, from your earnings of 36,800. So the first 36,800 you earned was taxed at 20%, anything above. Okay, we have lost uh, Maraid. Let me see if I can get her back um, because I had her up on here on the screen or maybe John Paul will we'll have to get her on a phone line uh, because it was... Okay, let me see if I can call her back. Um, one quick check. Um, let's see. It is, it is calling. Let's see if we can get Maraid to pick up. Come on, Maraid. Yeah, are you there, Maraid? Sorry, we got cut Hello. off there. Yeah, you're back with us. Okay, oh. okay. So you were explaining oh, you were explaining about the two different uh, the two different rates uh, up to up last year thirty six thousand eight hundred. You paid at twenty percent, but as soon as you hit that thirty six thousand eight hundred, which isn't a huge wage packet, you then went up to the forty percent rate. So they've increased that now to 40,000. So you can earn up to 40,000 at the 20% rate and anything earned over 40,000 will be taxed at 40%. So that is a saving of 640 euro next year if you do earn 40,000 or more. Okay, so that's that's, so that, is, that's, that's that, that, that is certainly yeah. welcome. Now, there was increases in yeah. tax credits. Yes, exactly. So across the board, that is... Um, for both employees and for self-employed. So the PAYE tax credit and the earner's tax credit have been increased by €75 and also the personal tax credit, which everyone is entitled to. So that means €150 extra next year as well in tax credits for for employees and self-employed alike. Um, And then just one further tax credit, which was increased, was the home carer tax credit. So that was increased by €100. So the home carer tax credit um, are for people who are married, who have either no income or only earn 7000 in a year and are caring for a dependent. So that could be a child or an elderly person. So that's an extra tax credit that um, is available if you meet the criteria. And a small amount of savings under the USC uh, rate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if so, the two percent bracket was increased. So before before moving into the four and a half percent bracket, you have a bit more room. So you save 40 euro on that next year. So all in all, it all it adds up to about 800 euro next year if you are earning 40,000 or more. Now, so many so pe- that's the most in a long time. OK. And so many people who are renting at the moment and paying very high rents were all waiting to hear about the tax credit. Now, it, yes. did, it did get announced at 500 euro. Yes. So there's a 500 euro tax credit. And from what the details haven't been released yet, that will be in the finance bill. But from what I can gather, it is per person and it is not per property. Um, so it's per person that will be entitled to the 500 euro credit per year. You will be entitled to it for 2022 um, to 2025 is what it is initially there for. You do have to wait until 2023 to claim for 2022, um, but you should be able to claim it. Now, I'm getting loads of questions on this and the details haven't been bottomed out. But a big thing um, that I'm being asked is, does the landlord have to be registered with the tenancy board? Um, And they do in order for you to be able to, to claim the credit. So, you know, I've lots of people saying that they pay cash to their landlords uh, and things like that. And unfortunately, 
I don't think that will will cut. I think you will need receipts, um, and I think the landlord will need to be registered with the RTB in order to to claim that. And it's going to credit. cause problems because we have a housing crisis, and it isn't as easy to say, "Well, yeah. I, I'll leave this property and I'll go down the road and rent somewhere else." I mean, people are terrified of losing oh, the roof, exactly. the roof over their heads. So, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So th- that's going to be unfortunate for people who are in that scenario who should be entitled, who are paying, I'm sure, above market rents. Um, and perhaps maybe not to landlords that are registered. So, um, yeah, that, that that it might give a push to landlords. But again, as you say, why the landlords don't really have it. It's kind of their market. So, OK. Um, and yeah, then for that, those people, a... for many of those people who are renting Marade, they are at the same time yeah. trying to save because they want to buy a, a home of their own. There was the mm-hmm. help to buy scheme that's remaining in place. Yes, that's been extended. So for the last few years, they've extended it for one year, but they've extended it now for two years. So up until the 31st of December 2024, you can make a claim for this. So they haven't made any changes to the rates. So the help to buy scheme is for first time buyers. You have to be a first time buyer. You have to buy either a new house or it has to be a self-filled and the value of the house has to be 500,000 or less. A lot of people were hoping that that 500,000 might increase because um, just with the value of properties, depending on where you are, of course, whether you're in Dublin or or even Cork City, you know, 500,000 can be hit very quickly. So if the value of the house is over 500,000, you do not get the help to buy. So what the help to buy does is it gives you a refund if you qualify of all the income tax you've paid in the last four years, um, subject to a cap of about 30,000. So that can be really helpful for people getting deposits together and stuff. So it is welcome that that's extended for the next two years. Absolutely. So hopefully. OK, OK. Yeah. And, and before we run out of time, good news for the ladies. And this was something that shocked me because I never knew that period products had uh, a 9% yeah. VAT rate. Uh, it's been set at zero. Yeah set at zero exactly so previously those nine percent added on to the cost of period products which is actually ridiculous really when it is it, it's a medical um um product so yeah that's been reduced to zero um along with newspapers defibrillators and um nicotine therapy and and and, and, hormone, and hormone replacement they people's the patches and the yeah. gels 23 percent was the vast rate on on hrt products yeah, ridiculous. Like that that's for luxury goods almost. So Unreal. Unreal. Um, Unreal. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, and so then and then well. another what might be a, a little bit of, of good news for some uh, for some uh, workers in that the money that um the, the, the gifts that an employer can give to an employee, the famous vouchers that were given yes. out at Christmas, that's been doubled. Yes. It's been doubled to a thousand euro and it's also been increased from one voucher to two, which is a very welcome change. It makes it a lot easier for employers. Previously, if they issued a voucher, even if it was for 50 euro, that is their voucher gone. Um, Whereas now you can issue two vouchers to the value of 1000, well, in total 1000 euro and it's tax free for both your employee and the employer. So that's that's very welcome as well. Um, okay, and one the very place. final one then, uh, and considering that you live in beautiful West Cork at uh, Marade, the vacant yeah. the vacant homes yeah. tax. We've had a couple of calls yeah. in this morning about people saying they've holiday homes. Is the vacant homes tax going to catch people who have holiday homes? It, it depends. So how it works is if it's unoccupied for a period of 12 months, then it comes into the unoccupied bracket. And then if it is vacant for 30 days um, or less, 
then it comes into this bracket. If you're in the house for more than 30 days in the 12 months, then it's fine, which is the case for a lot of holiday homes. They spend most of their summers down there, weekends, things like that. So they'd very much be out of that vacant home bracket on their holiday homes. I think it's more to target homes which are just left, um, aren't being used. Um, it's try to encourage those houses to be either put up on the market um, for renting or sold to someone who can actually use it, I think is the is the basis behind that. But I think holiday homes should be fine as okay. long as they spend 30 yeah, days or I more. Did, yeah, I, I did read some criticism of how it's going to be collected, so it's going to be self-declared, like the property tax. That'll be interesting. It is. We'll exactly. keep an eye on I this one. Three times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, three times the local property tax. Listen, uh, Mairead, you're a mine of information as always. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning to you. Uh, Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Mairead O'Driscoll, who, a.k.a. the tax nerd. 0818-103-103. We're going to have to take a break and we've news at 11 on the way. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Okay, lots and lots of people contacting us about yesterday's uh, budget. And from what I can gather, uh, not many people are very happy. John in Mallow says he feels that the budget didn't do much to help the middle or lower class. John feels the more you earn, the more you got from yesterday's budget. Also giving out all of the various allowance, uh, be it the living alone allowance, the working family payment, the lump sum payments to carers, uh, etc. Many of those are not coming on stream for the next few months. People need that money and they need it now, says John in Mallow. Ger says for a person who is paying high taxes in this budget, Ger feels he got nothing. Is it the only thing I wanted was the government to freeze and put a cap on home heating or oil and gas prices, especially for older people that simply cannot afford it. They didn't do that. I think that there are people in this country who are well able to work and they refuse to go out to work and they are the ones who are going to receive a bonus. I'm assuming you're talking about the long term unemployed, Ger. I don't mind people that are genuinely sick or the old age pensioners or people who cannot work uh, due to a bis- disability. I don't, remind them, I don't mind them receiving bonuses but it's people who are long term unemployed when there are so many jobs available. Also, Ger has children going to college. He says he won't receive a penny compared to those who are on social welfare. Uh, Leo said years ago that those that get up early in the morning will be rewarded. But Ger feels he's not being rewarded. I don't feel it was a very fair budget. And the 12 euro increase for old age pensioners, that'll just be wiped out by the increase in the cost of living. Well, if you're on the higher bracket in tax, Ger, you certainly will benefit because you won't kick in to the higher rate, the 40% rate, until uh, you hit 40,000. So you will see some savings there in your tax. And also, if you've got children going to college, remember the registration fee for your children going to college, if you're paying for your children going to college, that comes down as well. So there is something in there. Mightn't be enough for you, but there certainly is uh, something. Uh, Natalie and Glenn Myers said, what about the likes of us professionals that are working and renting? We are the box room generation I am renting in Glanmire, working in the city centre. I'm in my late 30s. It's impossible to even think about purchasing a house. While there is, while there are measures in the budget and they will have some impact, the rent credit mentioned will only help us 
pay for two weeks rent. It's so disheartening while many say it's a great budget and it's a good budget but my generation, the box room a generation, there's no home for us, no hope for us and certainly not a hope for us owning our own homes. You would feel so sorry uh, for Natalie and Natalie's generation and there's a lot in that group who just you know they they are slowly starting to realise they never will be able to own their own home. Eleanor says considering the packages that were announced yesterday most of them were okay I have someone that is living alone not getting any carers allowance not entitled to any fuel allowance as someone is living with them the energy credits is the only benefits they will get the increase in the allowance will not kick in until uh, January and that's not uh, soon enough now we've, we've John Paul says they've advised um, Eleanor to check with the fuel alla- on the fuel allowance and the changes to the fuel allowance because I can already see I have a couple of calls and texts in with regard to fuel allowance for example this uh, listener says I'm 82 and I care for my daughter who is in her 50s our total income is about 700 euro will I be able to apply for the fuel allowance and there was a major announcement made on the fuel allowance yesterday because we know the fuel allowance is means uh, tested and the threshold for the fuel allowance is, is increasing by 80 euro from 120 euro to 200 euro so people can earn the threshold is this is certainly for people who want say a social welfare payment they can have 200 euro extra by way of a pension or by way of earnings and still be now able to claim the fuel allowance but the big change comes in for people aged over the age of 70 the, that excess amount, that income threshold has increased to 500 euro for a single person or 1,000 euro for a couple. So what I would suggest to that listener in her 80s caring for her daughter, because I know when you're caring for your daughter, I assume your daughter's on a disability allowance. The criteria for that is different as well. With all of those type of allowances, apply. Send in all the information that they need and you never know. But certainly with the changes, you might just be now eligible. Uh, if you don't want to uh, directly apply, get on to Citizens Information. We do our monthly slot with them every month. If you give your local Citizens Information a call, they'll go through the figures with you and they will be able to tell you, which might save you the time actually filling in the form. But my advice always on allowances like that is to apply. And we've in the past told people to apply who thought they weren't entitled and because of new changes, new tweaks that came in, they were then entitled. So always, always apply. Someone says €12 a week is an insult. Uh, You'd give more than that to children by way of uh, pocket money. John says, Patricia, hi, they did nothing for the oil crisis. We're all screwed at the price we are paying for home heating oil, uh, diesel and uh, petrol. Someone else says, listening to Pascal O'Donoghue last night on primetime, he would make you sick. You would think he was doing people a favour, particularly with the tax relief of roughly €1,000. They should be getting that next week and they won't. This is the renters when you're talking about they should be ashamed of themselves. They're also throwing the responsibility for the €500 renters tax relief over to the tenants as they have to make sure that the landlord is registered with the RTB. This texter is not a fan of the RTB. They say 99% on the side of tenants even if the tenant has destroyed your house and refuses to pay rent. There's never a mention of this. Small landlords are always demonised. 
says this texter. Hi Patricia, this is John in Butterfield regarding the budget and social welfare payments. I've been in receipt of illness benefit for over a year and I'm not entitled to any of the payments that were outlined yesterday so we'll still have to survive on €346 per week for myself and my wife. How fair is that, says John from uh, Butterfield. Yeah, I know the one, the one-off payment to those in receipt of the carer support grant and the disability allowance, the blind pension. It's also going to the invalidity pension but it's not going to illness benefit and that's the 500 uh, euro if they'd included illness benefit, John, you would have got that. The only thing you will get uh, for your electricity, you will get the 600 euro, 200 euro credit in November, the other one in January and another one in uh, March. And I'm assuming that the the 12 euro extra a week and there'll be a pro rata increase for your wife for in the in your illness benefit. But that won't kick in until January. And that's that certainly is a long way off. And somebody else is asking, when does the increase in the pension, the extra 12 euro kicks in in uh, January? But if you've got a living alone announced the 400 euro, you will get that in uh, November. Hi, Trish. What will the small self-employed haulage business get? Very little, I'd say, says Noel. I thought there would have been a lot more aimed at the haulage industry, particularly, as you say, the small or self-employed. Well, most most of the haulage firms are are independently uh, run, so they're all self-employed businesses. But the smaller ones in particular, they might only be, they might have their their only truck on the road or they might have one or two other uh, trucks. I didn't hear anything. There was certainly very, very little contained because they're the ones that really got stung with the the rising cost of uh, diesel and petrol, even though it's coming down, but it's coming down very, very slowly. Okay, and one final one from somebody signed a Cork listener. Patricia, I hope this message finds you well. It does indeed. This uh, budget is a joke. People on job seekers allowance do not live the life of Riley. They're subject to very strict rules. Job activation schemes like job paths that this Cork listener has a good things to say about let people out there live on 208 euro a week or less and tell me that I'm living the life of Riley. Also, the government is giving 75 million towards humanitarian aid to Ukraine and its neighbours. The middle class and people on low incomes need this money instead. 75 uh, million towards the foreign uh, aid. That money should be spent at uh, home. Well, the total budget, actually, the total overseas development uh, budget will be 1.2 billion. It's an increase of 177 million of which 75 million is going to be helped to alleviate the crisis in Ukraine. But remember, they don't just pluck those figures out of the sky. The way they come up with the figure for the overseas development uh, assistance is the government commits to allocating 0.7% of the gross national income to the programme and they've agreed to that up to 2030. So it depends every year on our gross national income and then they work it out 0.7% and that's why there will be an increase in 2023 of 177 million because our gross national income went up uh, last year. So it does mean that the overall budget for the overseas development will be one2 uh, billion now. I did see um, the likes of Act- uh, Action Aid Ireland and groups like Oxfam all welcoming it and saying, you know, how badly needed uh, it is, and that um, 
you know, with everything that's going on in other countries, while we may think we have it bad here. I mean, you look at the parts of Africa where people are literally starving to death and aid has to go out to those uh, countries. But I know uh, people feel when there's need at home, why do we give this kind of money for overseas uh, aid? But we there is a government commitment that to provide a percentage of our gross national income and we've committed to that up to 2030. 0818 103 103. John Paul takes your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Ward personnel, they're recruiting all types of machine drivers. For example, machine drivers, digger drivers, Arctic dumper drivers and crane operators. You can email jobs at wardpersonnel.com A part-time sales assistant is wanted to do evening shifts in Caulfield's Supervalue in Bandon. You can hand in your CV to the customer service desk or you can email bandonsman at caulfields.com Littlehaven Play School is recruiting for an AIM Early Years Assistant. It's for relief work. You need to have minimum level 5 qualification. Email applications please to the committee lhps at gmail.com And fitters are needed for a well-known mechanical company in Cork. Please apply with your CV to 087-165-0527. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. For families with children of school going age, the announcement that the state is to provide free school books to all primary school children from next September will certainly be most welcomed. To see how schools are reacting to the news, I'm joined by one of our own local principals and that's Siobhan Buckley of the Presentation National School in Mill Street. Morning to you Siobhan. Good morning Patricia, good to speak to you. Always great to speak to you. Now it's the first time in its history that the state will assume responsibility for the cost of school books. Do you feel it's long overdue? Oh absolutely Patricia. I mean our counterparts in England have had it for years and in the north you know Um, and I suppose it just makes life so easy for classroom teachers because I, I just listen to my own staff here and we have children in some classes who still haven't their books, okay? And, you know, we're doing our best to help them. So, you know, from a teacher's point of view, it'll be great that it can be organised in advance, you know, that every child will have their book, books that, that I suppose that it'll be within our control to make sure it happens, you know, and that parents won't be under pressure um, to try and fund them because I think the average cost per primary school child is €100, Euros. Uh, per set of books, that's a lot of money. It is, you know? and particularly if you have more than one child in primary school. Uh, oh, c- completely, completely. Yeah. So, you know, I'm uh, as teachers, we certainly welcome it, and I'm quite sure parents will as well. Have you the details yet of work? No, Patricia, would you believe? I suppose I'm very active in INTO, and John Boyle, our General Secretary, emailed us yesterday evening, and he said it'll be lunchtime today before we have uh, the breakdown, because I suppose there are ballpoint figures been put out there in terms of millions but there's no actual breakdown in terms of what primary education will get and what secondary education will get, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's but, all to come. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming more work for your good self as principal. I'm, I'm assuming some kind of a grant will come to the school and it'll be up to you and the teachers then to purchase the books. I suppose that's what we would be hoping. I think it should be the most efficient way it, of, yeah. of, of, of dealing with it, you know. Yeah. I yeah. would think so. And yeah. the hope then is you'll be able to recycle the books? 
absolutely that we'd make it cost efficient for everybody. Completely. Yeah. OK, a reduction in the pupil teacher ratio, uh, 23 to, to 1. That's oh. got really welcomed. Absolutely. It is just such good news. And I suppose what's significant is it's our third year in a row um, getting it. I suppose INTO did look for a reduction of two, which would bring us very close to the acceptable European um, average. But we will take this any day of the week. It's, 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 it's excellent. And I suppose the one thing I will say, Patricia, there's a difference between pupil-teacher ratio and class size. You know, even with the, you know, what's put out there as being 24 to 1 at the moment, I have classes with 31 in it. So it all depends on, you know, the age profile of pupils and that kind of thing. So it, it actually isn't straightforward. People are deceived into thinking that every primary school in Ireland has 24 you know, they don't. The they they don't. don't. Yeah, no, they no, don't. No. Uh, and when I heard it yesterday, I thought, great, because, you know, they reduced it last year as well. And it's, you know, in mm-hmm. fairness to Norma Foley, yeah. she, you know, she was really pushing oh, for it as well. she's very committed. Yeah, she extremely. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you, you know by her, she's a teacher as well. So she really is committed to it. But, the, but my initial reaction then was, where are we going to get the teachers from? There, a lot of schools have a problem trying to employ Absolutely. teachers. Absolutely. You know, that is... Uh, a logistical issue um, you know a lot of our teachers are gone to Dubai that's very attractive they're gone to Australia um, I suppose on the flip side of that I would be hoping you know um, there's improvements coming in teachers wages and salaries you know that it might just be attractive once again to be a teacher in Ireland you know and that you'd be hoping to tempt our, our teachers in exile um, It's that time of the year your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and back to our country you yeah. know and and I do, I do think schools like your good self in, in Mill Street and you know have a have a better shot at employing teachers than say Dublin schools oh, because listen. the cost of, of renting in Dublin exactly um, now you said it again I would note to INTO um, some schools in Dublin have not been able to fill posts you know, yeah. I mean, that, that that's a very real problem. Whereas, I mean, our challenge would be getting substitute teachers, you know, which is kind of ad hoc, intermittent, but not to have somebody day in, day out for a whole year in the class. 
is, is, is very serious. Yeah, and it's purely down to nobody's applying for the jobs because they know even on a half-decent wage they're not going to be able to afford uh, to live in Dublin. There was also announcements around extra special needs teachers and additional SNAs. Uh, any parent with a child with special needs, uh, that's, that's some good news for them. Oh, it's excellent. And, you know, I suppose everybody is acutely aware from the media and everything that, you know, um, ASD classes are very much in need around the country and some areas are well resourced and others aren't. For example, we here in Mill Street have opened ours now two years ago. Um, but, you know, the reality is autism is on the rise in this country, you know, and these children deserve and need to have the proper facilities. So I would assume that, that you know, that these provisions will be geared towards those kind of special classes. How many children have you in your ASD class? Um, so in any ASD class, you can take a maximum of six. Six, OK. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully th- as you, more schools will follow suit and, and will open up um, ASD classes. I, and then, there's an obligation at this stage. Is there? Yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, extra school bus places. Now, God, don't mention the war when it comes to school oh, bus Lord. places. Yeah. Have any of your pupils missed out on a seat on the bus this year? No, to no. be fair. Um, I will say in actual fact, up to this year, the parents were actively campaigning, you know, to retain their bus route because the way the demographic, demographic had gone around Mill Street, you know, it was looking like not being viable. Whereas the measure introduced this summer, I'd say, was a welcome relief for people around Mill Street, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was off last week and I, I, I listened back to an interview John Paul did with the two young fellas um, in, heading into school in Formoy on their dad's tractors. That's right. I heard it. Just I heard it paid back, actually. It's yeah. bizarre, it's isn't it? dark, wasn't it? Oh, God. Yes. I mean, yes. we just... Yes. And I know they've said, you know, extra school bus places. But, like, next year, we, we, we actually need them uh, this year. So, uh, so now, the big... Uh, the other one, and I've spoken to you about this before, the capitation grant for primary schools. Did you get an increase yesterday? We're, well, we are being told we're getting it. Again, the devil will be in the detail, Patricia. Um, anything, you know, we, we, we just need it full stop. Um, I filled the oil last week, €5,000 to fill the two tanks, and that will probably take me to Christmas. You know, so it's as real as that. Um, we, we have to get it, you know, and it'll have to, it, they'll have to give us the latitude to, to spend it on, the, on the, the heating, the lighting, and what not. And from having read the de- you know, what they printed yesterday, I do think that's there, you know. 5,000 to fill the two tanks. Can you remember yep. what would that have been last year? Ah, uh, maybe two, four, <gasps> I think, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're told double. We're, we're told all and of those things. that adds up, doesn't it? There. It does, yeah. yeah that, mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. we can hope for is that we don't get a cold winter. I heard somebody saying that what the government are hoping for uh, is a mild, windy winter. <laughs> So say all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. start saying the prayers yeah. now. Exactly. All right, listen. Uh, so overall, Siobhan, were you, were you happy enough with, as you say, the well, devil will be in the detail, but overall happy enough. But funding and um, the reduction of the pupil-teacher ratio would have been my top two priorities. Absolutely. I suppose one of the things we did ask for, Patricia, before I let you go, was a contribution towards pupil um, well-being and mental health because obviously post-pandemic and everything and with children from Ukraine, we are just finding a lot of issues around that area. And while they haven't given it to us specifically, we would hope that within the increased capitation that there would be, again, the latitude to, to invest 
in those areas as well. So important. So, so important. Pleasure as always, uh, Siobhan, and hi to everybody at the school. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Bye-bye. That is uh, Siobhan Buckley, who is the principal at the Presentation National School in uh, Mill Street, just casting her eye over uh, what was announced uh, from a primary school point of view, I know the ASDI are not uh, happy. I saw their president saying very disappointed that there was very little uh, done that will address the chronic underfunding of second level uh, schools. The bulk of, of, of the money certainly on education seems to be going in to the primary sector, particularly with that good news, free school books and they don't kick in, as I say, until next uh, September. And we await to see about these extra school places as to exactly how many um, extra school bus places there will be and will it include the students who have been getting the concessionary tickets up to now because they are the ones that are really losing out this year. 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. A lot of WhatsApps coming in. Let me just quickly glance over some of them and give you some of the thoughts of some of our listeners. Jim says, Patricia, the 12 euro increase for social welfare recipients should be effective immediately. People shouldn't have to wait until next January. Hopefully the fuel companies won't start price gouging now that they see people are getting an extra bit of help from the government. Also on a separate issue, says Jim, I cancelled a hospital appointment that I couldn't attend. Now I gave them several weeks notice that I wouldn't be able to attend, only to get a phone call the night before the appointment to see Jim, are you still attending that appointment tomorrow? No wonder the waiting lists are gone so long when they didn't reallocate the cancelled appointment. What is even the point of ringing up and telling them? God, that's, that is frustrating, isn't it? And we're always telling people because, you know, an appointment is made and sometimes an appointment can be made many, many months in advance. God knows we've heard of people who got an appointment that was years in advance. So you were even to remember that your appointment was for four years down the track. But we're always saying to people, if for whatever reason things happen, you might not be able to attend to please let the hospital know as Jim did, so that they can reallocate and take somebody off a waiting list and get them seen and get them in to see a consultant. But you think Jim went to the bother, cancelled the appointment and then the night before gets a phone call. I sense your frustration, Jim. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. Text to WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Yesterday, while we were discussing what was likely to be included in Budget 2023, the general view was that older people would be looked after. So, to discuss what was announced for our elderly population, I'm joined by Sue Shaw, who is the CEO of the Irish Senior Citizen. Parliament. Uh, good morning to you, Sue. Good morning to you, Patricia, and, and your listeners. You're very welcome to the programme. Now, €12 you. Euro extra a week and the two double payments of the uh, state uh, pension. And then there is also other little tweaks like the living alone allowance and extra on the fuel allowance. Did they go far enough? Could they have gone further? Well, first of all, they are welcome. There's no way no two ways to say that, particularly broadening out the scheme for people who may be able to apply for the fuel allowance. As it is, that's quite a narrow scheme. So that's certainly welcomed that we're now taking more people into net. We would seriously welcome that. The double payments are very, very going to be very, very helpful. Um, so the one-off supports are really 
something that we appreciate, something that I think would make life a lot easier for pensioners. The big disappointment was the 12 euro, which is the permanent piece that will keep the wolf from the door type of thing for pensioners. The bottom line is that in order for people to live above the poverty line, they need 333 euro per week. And that's been agreed as a figure that the government doesn't even dispute with us. So the expectation was that they would start this year to move the pension to a secure income rather than at the whim of a political party, a five euro here, 10 euro there, that they would move to index link it to possibly the average industrial wage, 34% of that. That would have meant they would have needed to do about 20, 22 euro this week, this year and 20 next year. And unfortunately, that commitment has been absent. So the 12 euro doesn't even bring it up to manage this current cost of living. Like the, yeah. when we asked for 22, we were very clear that would allow people meet the cost of living last January. And we all know what's happened since last January to now. So the 12 euro really doesn't cut it. And yet we heard uh, Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath saying even at the 20 euro mark, they couldn't have gone to 20 euro, that if they did, the amount, well, that was 20 euro across the board to everyone on social welfare. They were saying that it would have eaten into all of the other allowances that they announced. Would you have been advocating for more for the state pension as opposed to giving it across the board to everyone on social welfare? Certainly, yes. Yeah, okay. We wouldn't be saying that that's just for pensioners. The bottom line is if you're reliant on state transfers, it still doesn't make any difference. You need €333 to survive weekly. Okay. Uh, Do you know what I mean? And that's accepted. I do. do. So I think, no, we're not. But what what we are saying is that what makes the pension very, very different is that every other state subsidy is towards moving people back into the workforce. It's, it's supporting re-education, it's supporting retraining, it's supporting people while they're out of employment. The state pension is an income because you don't work, because you've retired from work and you ha- don't have an option to gain more money from it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you can go out and apply for a job. And by and large, we do have some of our pensioners who are working to try and make things come up, do you know what I mean? Try and help them manage. But the majority of people don't and they're reliant on that state pension. So it is the only state transfer that isn't deemed to put people back into employment or education. Now the fuel allowance and the the tweaking of the fuel allowance is an interesting one because there is a common myth out there that once somebody gets the state pension, be it contributory or non-contributory, that they're all entitled to the fuel allowance. And that is not the case. And we've heard so many times from older people who are just ever so slightly over the mark because of a private pension and they're not entitled to the fuel allowance. There was was a, a pretty big announcement yesterday for people over 70. Well, what they're saying is the fuel allowance scheme is to be extended to up to 80,000 people. Now, I'd be interested to see the figures on that and how they're going to break that down. Because the bottom line is we have, like the older population is way more than that. So I'd be interested to see how that that 80,000, and it isn't just pensioners, they're gearing it towards. So I think the fine detail of that, but it is to be welcomed that they're broadening it and accepting it. So what they are saying now is you're over 70, you will get it. But 
I'd like to see the detail of it. Mm. And that doesn't emerge usually till a couple of weeks. Like I was listening to, um, we did a briefing with the Department of Social Protection yesterday evening. And one of the questions was, when will the 12 euro be paid? And they said January. I know so that means people are have very disappointed that. people are very disappointed exactly. with that and then of yeah. course they, they, when in January you'll never get and I guarantee you it'll probably be the last week in January they never give you a date in January January's a long month Exactly and yeah. I think what they like when they were asked well would that be early January they said well we can't commit to yeah. that so the possibility is in May but the bottom line for me is this period coming up to Christmas when we whack into we're seeing a change in, in the weather at the moment we whack into kind of December it can get quite cold so people trying to plan and budget for that not knowing when that even the, like the assumption was that they'd roll out those increases fairly rapidly. Mm. So it is a real Yeah, I suppose I that that they'll, they'll, they'll come back and say, well, look, we're giving it to those who could get the fuel. They are getting a lump sum, 400 euro mm-hmm. extra, and we'll give yeah. that in November. Yeah. And to be honest, that is to be welcomed, as is the double payments that are going to be paid. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're to be welcomed as well, I think. They'll come earlier. Like, there's one in November, then the Christmas, one of the electricity, uh, the 600 for electricity that's going out, one of those will come before Christmas as well. And then the two in the new year. And the two in the new year. But the other side of it is, the reality is they talk about really targeting at people who need it. I'm not sure that they fully used the money they had as wisely as they could. Of course, everybody needs support. We're all impacted by the cost of living, but some much more so than others. And what we would say is with pensioners that the majority of older people are living in houses with low bear ratings. Mm. Like people talk about, well, they don't have a mortgage and they don't have this and they don't. And I, yes, of course, they don't. But we were fortunate to be of a generation where the uh, government built social housing and a lot, like my parents, bought their house out of a social a social housing, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how they ended up It was with a council or a um, corporation house at the time. Yeah, and, and they paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. And they paid yeah, for it. they did, yeah. But now, those houses are, like we have something like 13% of older houses, 13% of older people living in houses that have rotting windows, window frames, roofing leaks and damp as an issue. We know from older people that the bear ratings are usually at the lowest end of it. So and many of those older people, their only form of heating is the open fire. And yesterday when we fire. were yeah. predicting that it was going to be 12 yeah. euro a week, the yeah. amount of older people that contacted us saying, do you know how much the price of a bag of coal? It's gone exactly. from 20 euro to yeah. over 40. Yeah. That the 12 yeah. euro won't even cover the increase on no. one bag of coal. No, it's way below the cost of inflation. Like it's way below it. Like I know. So for us, as well as that, so a lot of older homes have... There's an, they use oil or the turf or the fuel. Do you know what I mean? The coal. Um, all of those are the most expensive. So to us, the one-off payments definitely are welcome, but they are just that, one-off payments. Like that 600 euro electricity breaks down over the next, if they leave it for the year, if they don't look, they're going to have to come back with other offers to 11 euro a week. And you're talking, like electricity has gone up hugely. So while it will ease the burden, it will not address the 
the real need that older people, but not just older people, do you know what I mean, mm. are going to feel who are reliant on, who, or who are on low incomes. So definitely we were disappointed, Patricia. Yeah. Okay, and I know that they put two billion away into the rainy day uh, fund, and I did hear Leo Varadkar at the Taunister earlier this morning saying, "Look, this rainy day fund is there because he was being pushed about. You know, all of these payments are to help people get over this winter and early into the new year, but we don't know what way inflation is going to go at January, February, March of next year." So he did say that you know, if needs be. They can go back to the to the pot, and I have a funny feeling that they're going to have to go back to the pot in, in into the new year. Well, one of that that was kind of the scary thing to me when they talked about the two billion in the rainy day fund. That fund is also there's a fund reserved for providing services. That fund should be up at around seven billion. It's not. It's low. It's much lower than that. So for me, that two billion is not even going to meet a percentage of the need that's going to be out there. And we are actually fairly clear that January, February, March, April and May are going to bring higher increases. They're telling us we're facing that. Most of the economists are saying don't anticipate that it'll be any different. So we know that we're going to go up another percentage So or another increase. I can't quite say a percentage, but there is another increase. So that will put that bag of coal from you know what I mean? Yeah, even euro yeah. up even higher, electricity even higher. Yeah. And that means that those who are delivering the coal have higher fuel costs. When you go into the supermarket, and that's one of the hardest things for me, there's a spot in the in most supermarkets where if stuff is just about due to go, you know, sell by date is gone. There's always we are now seeing because we check that. Those that, that section is empty really quickly now. People are saying to us, we always, we never really felt we had to shop there to the degree on a regular basis. Every so often I had to, but now I rely on that and everybody is doing the same thing now. So weekly shopping has gone more expensive. Your coal, your oil, your heating. So we're really concerned that, you know, one woman said to me, well, my protein meal will be beans on toast soup. Gosh. And I, I just kind of feel that says something about our state. And one of the frightening things for me is when we talk about people on private pensions, maybe the average private pension of the people we work with is between five and 13,000. Yeah, That's not, not even a grand a year. Yeah, they're, it's they're, not, they're big not money. huge. Yeah, they're not huge. No, and it's what's keeping the wool from the door. But yet our biggest tax incentives go into that high bracket who come away with a huge amount of pensions, a big, serious pension. And that's where we give our biggest tax breaks to, to the wealthiest. I, it was interesting to note that the tax breaks that come out this year, if you're on 100,000, you come out 890 euro, 830 euro, better off a year. If you're on 25,000, you come out with 190. I know, I saw that figure as well. It was quite So strong. I just kind of thought, this, yeah. it's all, the, the, the sound bites were good. But the reality, I think, when you dig down into the figures. And yeah, just listen, while, while we have you on, um, Sue, one thing that I'm certainly worried about, and there was a picture on the front page of the examiner yesterday of a of um, a 71-year-old woman from Neenan, County Tipperary, and she was putting, it looked like she was putting crumpled up newspaper into the into the fire in a darkened room and she was saying she's afraid to put the lights on because she's terrified of the ESP, you know, her electricity bill and how high it's, it's going to be. I, are you concerned about yes. older people not yes. heating their homes or yes. sitting in darkness for fear of this huge bill? I'm seriously concerned yeah. about a cohort of a, of the population that are effectively, and I don't think it's just the older people, 
I think also there will be families who are doing that. But certainly for older people who don't have the... Our bodies, as we age, do not have the capacity to absorb cold in the same way. Or, do you know what I mean? Mm. The, the reality is, as we age, and that's not about being old, frail, older person, the reality is, as we age, we just don't have those capacities. So I think it's short-sightedness. We are going to end up seeing this in the health services, the requirements, because people are going to end up not looking out for themselves, living in colder houses, not putting heat on, you know, maybe having a little electric fan that they heat the room before they went into bed. That's not going to happen. I hear people saying that to me already. My house is cold and I have this little electric fan. I put it on 20 minutes before I go into bed and the room is warm and I stay warm. I won't be putting that on. So. Yeah. Now, for yeah. me, that's a serious concern and it's short-sightedness. And then we're talking about that reserve two billion. That's for services. It's not going to be enough. That's our bottom line. Okay. You know. So I am concerned about the well-being of older people, who I think contribute hugely. Like one of our calls was from uh, a mother who, a grandmother who minds her children, and she said, "My biggest concern is how I I'll turn the heat off for myself, but on the three days a week that I mind the kids, I can't. I have to keep the heat on." Have the little ones going cold. And the grandchildren. My daughter can't afford the crash. Yeah. Can't afford yeah. The and there's there's so oh, many older people helping out their adult children and helping out their is. grandchildren. Yeah. And I think there's a, oh. a lack of realisation that Older people contribute hugely through volunteering, through childminding. Do you know what I mean? Like I have a man down the road for me. He's 95 and he's bringing meals on wheels to a 75-year-old. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In his car on and his uh, petrol. What a man. Like, what that's a man. all a huge contribu- contributing to the community. And we don't monetize that. We don't take that value into account. Instead, the talk is about older people draining society as opposed to seriously adding to it. And, you know, how we look after our, our people who have put put into society. I'm sorry, we're not looking after them now. Uh, so we'll leave it there. We will speak again in the meantime. Thank not you for so. that. And thanks, thanks for joining us. Bye bye. That is uh, Sue Shaw, who is CEO of the Irish Senior Citizens Parliament. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Shay was listening to Sue Shaw of the Irish Senior Citizens Parliament talking about how older people fared after the yesterday's budget and she certainly was very disappointed in what they had looked for from the budget. Shay says, uh, Patricia, on the budget and listening to Sue Sue Shaw, it looks like Ireland is on a highway to being a third world country, particularly when it comes to listening to Sue, particularly when it comes to older people. Kind regards, that's from uh, Shay. Hi Patricia, I've just qualified for the new fuel allowance under under what was announced yesterday. So is it a fact that I won't get the one-off €400 that's going to be paid to recipients of fuel allowance in the coming months are the first payment as that's to be paid out in 2023 and the new payment is paid in 2023. Yes, you are correct. Anyone who qualifies under what was announced for the fuel allowance it doesn't kick in until January of 2023. So anything that's paid between now and January, um, now at the end of December for the fuel allowance will only be for the people who have qualified. But they reckon up to 80,000 people will come in from January of 2023. So yeah, you and, and I'm assuming you can't even apply probably until January of 2023, but you certainly will be entitled to it next year if you've qualified under the new rules for the means test. A County Cork listener says, Patricia, what are the government doing? I get €242 Euro a week to live on. I'm living on a non-contributory old age pension. Do the bosses at the top think we are fools? They would pay that for a bottle of good wine. I'm lucky my husband is alive, but I'm really 
really depending on him. We have to have a car as we don't have a bus service where we live and we're five miles away from our nearest shop. It's early to bed for us this winter as it's either going to be heating or eating says a West Cork uh, this is a, a County Cork uh, listener yeah uh, just remember you will be getting the electricity credits if that's of any use to you but the extra 12 euro and if you're not on a full I don't know a 242 is that a full non-contributing pension uh, but you will be entitled to the 12 euro extra from the start of January which sounds like absolutely nothing when you're hearing of people saying they're going to bed early because they won't be able to heat their, their, their homes uh, Jonathan in Whitechurch has been listening to us all morning and in particular listening to some people who are not happy with what has been announced in yesterday's budget. Uh, Jonathan says this budget, while not everybody agrees with it and that is fine, but Jonathan said at the end of the day it will put extra cash into most people's pockets and some will be better off than others, but certainly most people majority of people will be better off than they were before the announcements yesterday. It won't solve uh, everything but really says Jonathan, when does the whining stop 11 billion euro was given out yesterday in the budget and still we turn on the radio this morning and we still have people who are not happy I don't agree with everything that the government does but we have to at some stage say look they've given 11 billion they couldn't give any any more he is uh, particularly critical of the Greens and their public transport uh, strategy thank you for that uh, Jonathan Jared is abandoned and says while inflation is hitting all of us hard people should be happy with what they are getting at the end of the day if they only gave another fiver which is what it's been for the last number of years then people would have something to be giving out about. Would people rather us be like other countries? Just look at our nearest neighbours across the water in the UK and the IMF are worried that they're going to have to go into the UK to give them a bail out. There's much concern about the uh, economy in the UK following their mini budget. Yeah, and did you see as soon as that mini budget happened how the cost of a sterling it almost went to parity with the dollar at one stage. There's a lot of concern that they may actually need a bailout and God knows we in this country know what it's like to have to get a handout and get a bailout from the IMF. You wouldn't wish it on anyone. 0818103103. John Paul continues to take your calls. Now a lot of what's Saps in. Let me get to some of those. Patricia, I agree with the listener who texted in earlier about farmers and looking after farmers. Farmers, at the end of the day, are the ones that keep food on our tables and supply food to our shops. I totally agree with the, what that listener said about Budget 2023. Very little in it for farmers. Cost of energy is going up and farming costs are not going down. They're going up. Fair enough, there were some offers made for young farmers. But what about self-employed farmers' payments? The wasn't much in the budget. All the government appeared to be doing is pushing out the self-employed farmers, giving them small to keep them quiet for a while. For God's sake, farmers need to make a living too. It can't all just be about people on social welfare says this uh, listener. Sylvester says, Hi Patricia, I'm just wondering what the Irish government will do when people who work full-time apply for unemployment benefits. Who will then pay taxes? People on unemployment benefits have so much more extras than the people who are going out to work full uh, time. And I have to say that people who seem to think that it's the people on social welfare who got everything out of the budget uh, yesterday, people at work, and particularly think those who earn under the 40,000 uh, euro 
they feel they got little or nothing out of yesterday. Eileen in Ovens says on electricity prices, Patricia, can anyone please clarify for Eileen in Ovens why electricity prices are continuing to increase when the companies who supply us are making record profits? Yeah. There's a lot of people want the answer to that question, uh, Eileen. Just a quick question, please, regarding the budget. Do you know if there were any changes made to the threshold for the inheritance tax? Please, no. There was no tinkering at all with the inheritance tax. That was something that had been mentioned as a proposal from the Tax Commission, but the, all everybody in the coalition government said absolutely no. They're not touching inheritance uh, tax, so the threshold there remains the same. Hi, Patricia. No talk of the COVID bonus. Oh, God. 1,000 euro COVID bonus. I'm just wondering if the government are abolishing the flat rate expenses. I read somewhere it was costing too much and there's no mention of that either. And that's signed from a home help working in West Cork. Didn't see anything about the abolishing of the flat rate. But remember, we need we have to wait for a lot of detail to come out when they actually publish the finance uh, bill. And that's when you really start to see things that are almost hidden that weren't announced yesterday and they get hidden into the finance uh, bill. And that's when we will be uh, depending on the real experts to go through that finance bill line by line but if there are any changes like that and abolishing of the flat rate expenses it certainly will be mentioned in the uh, coming days. Hi Patricia you've been talking about the fuel allowance what is the threshold for over 70s uh, a couple to apply for the fuel allowance this is where the really big change has come in and this is where I think now they're saying 80,000 people will now will be eligible for fuel allowance from next year because of the changes next year. I don't know how they're coming up with the figure or where they're getting the figure from because it isn't just for older people anyone who's entitled to a fuel allowance can apply for it but the big change is coming to the threshold for the fuel allowance for people aged over 70 it's increasing to 500 euro for a single person but it goes to a thousand euro for a couple but remember as I mentioned earlier those changes do not kick in until January of 2023 so if you are a couple aged over 70 and you will now be entitled to fuel allowance you won't be able to get it until next year but it's a thousand euro for people per week by the way, for people over the age of uh, 70 and for people under the age of 70, it's gone up by 80 euro from 120 to 200 euro per week. That's the means testing for the fuel allowance. So certainly some changes there. Hi, Patricia. There was never a mention of young people who are doing or want to do apprenticeships. No accommodation allowance, no travel allowance to get to and from their place of work. Nothing whatsoever. Not even a mention. And these are the young people who do get up very early in the morning and have to pay for their lunches when they're travelling to and from work. They'll have to pay for petrol, uh, diesel, car insurance, tax, accommodation, etc., after all of these expenses, they'll have little left out of their apprenticeship wages. With all that's going on, trying to get apprenticeships in all different sectors, where are the concessions? Will they all end up emigrating, says this texture. And there has been a real push to try to get people to do apprenticeships. You're right, every single trade are screaming out for apprenticeships. We need to do something to make it as attractive as possible. You're, you're right on that. Um, Anne wants to know, will students in college accommodation be able to claim the rent allowance? I, that's a good question. I was talking with John Paul about that as well. Obviously, if they, they would have to be working to claim 
to claim the tax relief on their rent. But I'm assuming if they're working, I mean, a lot of students work uh, part time that they should be. They should be able to. Again, we'll wait for the detail to come out uh, on it. But if they are paying rent, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to claim some kind of a tax uh, relief when that comes in. There was a lot for students, though, in uh, college. If somebody's getting the Susie grant, for uh, for example, there was a, there's going to be a double monthly payment of that. That's a one off. The student contribution is getting reduced from 3000 to uh, 2000 and the income threshold a 50% reduction in the student uh, student contribution uh, will increase from 55000 this is obviously for the parents per year to 62000 and that's from next year now that will help some families with students going to college and there's also a double student grant payment which will be paid in uh, December so there was certainly the, certainly they have looked after uh, students at third level and Anne also wants to know what is the relief in electricity for businesses we are winter milk producers so electricity is a big worry there is a lot of talk of helping out businesses who are up to 10,000 euro uh, who are who have seen their electricity bills we've heard of some electricity bills not only doubling we've heard of them go up 300% 400% and what the offer is for businesses and I'm assuming that this includes farmers because farmers are business people as well it's 40% uh, over what you paid last year you you can claim back but you're still going to have to pay what you paid last year plus 60 percent it's it goes some way but it doesn't go um the full way to helping businesses out who are really really affected by the rise in energy costs and hi patricia i am on a social welfare income and have been for a number of years and please know this is through no fault of my own. In responding to your texter, Jer, who said people on social welfare, who live on social welfare, are better off than people who, goes, who go out to work. I wonder, is Jer healthy, both mentally and physically? Does, his own, does he own his own home? Is his family mentally and physically healthy? Do they have the potential to earn an income independently? I'd love to be earning 700, 800 euro a week rather than the 208 euro that I'm currently surviving on with no chance of owning my own house or raising healthy uh, children. This is my rant, Trish, and that comes in from a regular listener. 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103 with a reminder to you that we are particularly looking for gardening questions please we'll be leaving the budget behind and talking gardening with our own wonderful Peter Dowdle uh, coming up soon so if you have a gardening question get them into us please The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie a coffee day as we speak in Aid of Marymount Hospice is taking place at the home of John and Ruth Bottomer. And they're in Bailed West in uh, Clonakilty. It's running until six o'clock uh, today and all are very welcome. And as part of National Inclusive Family Week, Bantry Blues GAA Ball for All. They're holding an open session with a difference. They're having a Zumba. Uh, this evening at 5.45 on the Astro Pitch at Bantry Blues GAA. The session is open to all primary school children in the Bantry area with additional needs. Light refreshments will be served after and it's a chance to see some of the other activities available at Bantry GAA.
Team Hope's Christmas shoebox appeal is about to launch nationwide. And with that in mind, volunteers are needed to form a new team in Mallow. It's to help check the donated gift-filled shoeboxes at a new checking centre that they're hoping to open in Mallow. If you'd like more information, you can call Teresa Jonathan on 01 2940222 or you can email info at teamhope.ie Fomoy Community Youth Centre they're holding their first bingo night after Covid and it's on tonight at 8 and it'll be in the centre at on Ash Key and Words by Water it's the Kinsale Literary Festival it runs from tomorrow Thursday 29th of September to next Sunday the 2nd of October bookings are now open and the full programme can be seen on www.wordsbywater.ie and if you want to telephone for more details you can call Maureen at 086 289 5075. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Let me just wrap up on some of your calls uh, coming in to uh, the programme, allowing some time for questions to come in for Peter Dowdle, please, because uh, we'll go to Peter, theirishgardener.com, if you've got a question for Peter. Eileen out on Bear Island has contacted us. Eileen is an old age pensioner and she said she's quite happy and she feels that old age pensioners are not doing too bad at all. Now, she says she never classes herself as old, but she knows by her age that she is one of the older generation and she said this thing of saying all older people have to go to bed early is absolutely rubbish. She said how many older people are actually stashing money they don't need to be stashing that money they need to be spending it now as she feels older people at the moment have a damn good and that's a direct quote from Eileen. She said we're living in a global recession or a global recession is on the way so she said we're lucky to get uh, what we are getting. She's sick of hearing people complaining all of the time and she feels older people in this country are not doing too bad at all and that's our Riley Not on Bear Island always managing to put a positive spin on everything hope you keep him well Eileen Annette is, now Annette is in a bit of a tricky situation she was on a supplementary welfare payment as she was out sick so she couldn't go to work with her back so she was advised by social welfare officer to go on job seekers but they never told her she'd lose three or four days off her job seekers payment and because of that she's lost out on her fuel allowance and her Christmas bonus she said she's been led a merry dance all morning and now for this week she's been given 82 euro and 70 cent and that's all she has to heat her home pay the bills and feed her children does anybody have any advice you need to straight away go to your community welfare officer Annette and explain what's happened you've fallen obviously between two stools while you've been switching from one payment to another but if you go to your local community welfare officer officer no, you will not be expected to survive on less than 100 a euro uh, particularly when you've got uh, yourself and a child to feed so community welfare officer uh, go there they certainly should be able to uh, help you out certainly for this week while you get back on track Nancy in Botterfund said what she can in Bantry sorry Nancy what she cannot understand on the fuel allowance for the over 70s a single person will get 50 500 euro extra bonus but 
but married get the 1,000. The house is still the same. Even if there's 10 people in the house, it would take the same to heat the house. So why give a 1,000 for everyone single and married? No, you've got that wrong, uh, Nancy. The 500 euro, a fuel allowance is paid. There's one fuel allowance payment paid in each house, even if you have two or three people who are entitled to the fuel allowance. So a household that has husband and wife both claiming old age pensions they're entitled to one fuel allowance so they their the fuel allowance bonus is 400 i think what you're confusing when you're talking about the 500 and the 1000 what i was talking about was the threshold for the fuel allowance that is increased for single people to 500 euro that's the threshold of how much money can come into the house 500 euro for a single person and 1000 euro for a couple some people see that as unfair in that the house has to be heated uh, regardless, but they're not receiving they're not receiving two two fuel allowance payments. And then cuts in twenty eleven that affected women. Oh remember those those cuts that were made to people applying for their old age pension. Is that still not sorted out yet? I know it got sorted for one cohort, but not for all. And Joan in Formoy, in ten years she has got a total of eleven euro by way of increase from twenty twelve to now. It started at 115 and now she's up to 126 euros. She was one of those people that didn't, they reckoned, by the new way of calculating the stamps for the old age pension. Joan didn't have enough. And because of the changes that were introduced under a Fine Gael Labour government, she, along with, and it was mostly women, lost out on their full old age pension. She said, the cost of living is as much for me as it is for somebody getting the full pension. She feels victimised all over again. Any increment is affected. For example, if the increase is €5, then she'll only get half €2.50. She's worked for years and it changed uh, by the flick uh, the flick of an eye well they changed literally by the flick of a pen didn't it when they signed off on it so the 12 euro increase Joan you'll just get six of it because you're getting a half rate I know it got sorted for some but you were obviously one of those ones that fell between the stools it was really unfair it was absolutely really unfair uh, what happened that time and hi says this uh, texter any word about foster carers this is from Kevin do you know that foster carers haven't had a rise since 2000 and nine is that true? I I I certainly did not uh, know that. Goodness me, didn't see anything about foster carers. Now, as I say, I normally the day after the budget, I'll spend the afternoon trying to go through as much online as I can and go and go to gov.ie. But it's painstakingly going through it line by line to see if there's anything else included in it. So if I see anything about foster carers this afternoon, Kevin, I certainly will bring it to you uh, tomorrow. Hi, Patricia. If I now qualify for the fuel allowance due to the changes that were announced yesterday, do I have to apply for it or will I automatically get it in January? No, absolutely. You're going to have to apply for it. And that's what we will be encouraging people to do particularly people who applied for fuel allowance in the past and then they were just over the limit on the means testing part of it. But any means tested, any means tested payment like that, you absolutely have to apply uh, for it because the department are not going to know that you are entitled to it or not. So, so yeah, but I'm assuming you don't apply until January of 
2023, which is when the new income threshold for the fuel allowance uh, will come in. 0818103103. Let us park it there and let's turn our attention to items of gardening. And uh, Peter Dowdle, the Irish Gardener.com, will join us next. If you've got a question, John Paul is taking calls 0818103103. Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. We're leaving the budget behind and we're turning our attention to gardening where Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Always great value to be had in the garden, Trish. Always. <laughs> there is indeed. There, there Bud, is indeed. Budget or, budget or otherwise. Now, there's been a change in the temperatures. I was away last week and I couldn't believe in a week when I came back how there's a real nip in the air in, in the morning. There's been a real downturn, isn't there, in the temperatures? They're really nearly overnight, Trish. It was it went very autumny all of a sudden, and I suppose it's lovely. It's seasonal. It's still lovely weather, um. But yeah, there has been quite the dip. No, nothing to worry about. Obviously, it's t- totally seasonal and normal. Uh, but anything that you have that might be frost tender, dare I say it, or if you've like me, tomatoes still on on the outdoor plants. You know, bring in your frost tender plants. Maybe harvest the tomatoes, bring them in, all that kind of thing. Because we we are we could get a rogue frost any time from now on. Believe it or not. Well, there, there is actually a, um, uh, there. I was looking at the weather forecast earlier, and they're they're actually saying that there could be some. They're saying air frost as opposed to ground frost for tonight. Met Aaron are saying. Oh my god, oh my god, it's very early, but then we are having lovely blue sky days. So yeah, it's yeah. going to it's going to dip at night time. Well, already some questions of an autumn nature coming in. Terry wants to know: Could you ask Peter? Am I wasting my time raking up leaves? I spent two hours last Sunday. Got the garden and the grass looking all neat, and I've looked out this morning, and it's as bad as it was with fallen leaves. Am I better off just leaving them uh, and waiting a few weeks to rake them all up together, or will it do damage to the grass? Well, there's a few questions in there, actually. So the, the the answer to the first part, I would say you're not wasting your time by raking up the leaves, but it's it's, it's important what you do with them after you've raked rake them up. Don't um don't treat them as a, as a waste product. Far from it. Put, but tie them together into a bag, uh, and they break down into leaf mold, mold, which is probably the best soil condition you can get for next year. So, uh, do collect the leaves, but don't throw them out. Definitely take them off the lawn because it, it they can damage the lawn. And the, well, when I say damage, they lead to poor growing conditions underneath where the light can't get at the grass. But I wouldn't be in any rush at all. In fact, the opposite when it comes to my flower beds or, or in around shrubs and herbaceous, let the leaves fall. I mean, that's that's nature's leaf litter. That's going back into the soil. It's the best thing you can do. So I wouldn't be in any, like, we sometimes we, we misconstrue what is neat and tidy. Like neat and tidy isn't necessarily the right thing to be in the garden, um, you know. Obviously, like if you if you go to inside, obviously we have the 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 floors perfectly cleaned and hoovered and cleaned, and that that's for inside. But outside, it's nearly the opposite. You want there to be leaf litter and humus on the on the the on the ground in around your your plants and shrubs, uh, but not so on the lawn. Okay, hi, uh, Peter. Is it too soon to cut back a hydrangea now? It is shedding leaves like mad. I would say, like, it's not too soon, no. I mean, you could cut back your hydrangea now, absolutely, coming into the autumn. But um, 
I would have thought that most hydrangeas still have a bit of flower color on them. But so if that's the case, I'd leave it and get the value from the flowers. But if if not, then then yeah, absolutely you could prune away now. Now the other school of thought is that you don't prune your hydrangeas until the other side of the winter, uh, and that you leave leave it to give the center of the plant some frost protection during the winter. You know, nine nine years out of ten, it'll be fine pruning it now. But then you could get, you know, and God knows what this winter will bring. You could get another beast from the east, in which case it would benefit from being left till early spring. So it's a kind of a a fifty fifty answer to that one, Trish. Yeah, there seems to be lots of people trying to get work done in the garden. Somebody wants a, a general advice, please, on pruning back roses, in particular roses that haven't been pruned for the last three years. Well, I would. Leave it again for a while, any time, you have any time really until the end of February to prune the roses. So there's no urgency with it. Um, when it comes to, to pruning them, particularly if they haven't been cut back for a few years, they, they will benefit from a quite a hard pruning. So I would prune the, the bush to, you know, within even a foot of the ground, okay? Uh, and the things to remember, Trish, like people can make pruning rose bushes sound like a science in itself, but it's not, and it's not that difficult. You're really just pruning to within a foot from the ground in this case. Uh, and you want to remember that you want outward facing branches. So what I mean by that is you don't want branches that are next year going to be growing in towards the center of the bush and crossing each other because number one, they'll rub against each other and that leads to wounds and it's through these wounds that infection gets in, but also it leads to very congested growth in the center of the rose bush. And again, that's ideal conditions for the development of fungal black spots and things like that. So prune to outward, uh, outward facing buds and branches to keep a good open center. And really that's, that's kind of the, the bulk of what you need to remember when you're pruning them back. Okay, Tyke is planning to set a new lawn. He's tried everything to get rid of moss and weeds on his existing lawn. It's a small back garden, so he'll be able to dig it himself. Is now the time to start attacking it? It is now. Well, September, the two best months to sow lawn seed are March and September. So if you want to get the seed down now, it'll be sooner rather than later, because as we were just talking about a few minutes ago, there is a risk of frost. So obviously you want the seed to be down and hopefully germinated before the frosts come. So you do kind of have to, you know, it's not an exact science each year, the frosts come at different time. So if you, if by the time you've dug it over and it's time to set seed, well, if the temperatures have plummeted by then, you might be better off to leave it till March before seeding it. However, to do the work and turn the soil and leave it exposed to the frost and the snow before seeding, that would be fine to do now if you can, if you can bear living with it. Uh, as turned soil over the winter months. So uh, if you if you intend to seed it in now or as soon as possible, then do it ASAP. If not, then I would leave the whole whole job off till February, March. Okay. Hi, uh, Peter. I got some lavender plants, but didn't manage to plant them out. Will they survive the winter? I've put them into larger pots. I've put grit at the bottom of the pots. Should I water them periodically, they will remain in a cool greenhouse for now. Will they survive? Okay, the well, with, with, yeah, I mean, they should. Without seeing them, I, I can't say. But if they're alive now, in well, other words, if they haven't well, dried they, out yeah, in the pots they a, were in. A picture has been sent on and they all look very healthy and alive. Oh, grand. Well, in that case, they'll be absolutely fine in pots uh, for another however long. I mean, a couple of years, depending on the size of the pot. But certainly by putting in grit, because that's essential for lavender, that they're well-drained. Uh, a, a cool greenhouse is ideal. They don't need to be in a greenhouse, but if they are, then that's fine too. But they'll be absolutely fine in those pots till next year. General question, when is the right time to cut back shrubs in general, says the texter. 
It's one of those. You can't really give yeah. a general answer to it, except to say two things. So this is, bear in mind, this is general advice. So it's, it's not going to be true for everything. But if something flowers in spring, then it's most likely flowering on growth that was produced the previous year, if that makes sense to you. So uh, if most spring flowering shrubs will have their flower buds already. So you don't prune them now or you prune off the, the buds, the, the flower buds. So you prune them straight after flowering next year. Okay. Uh, and then for plants which flower later in the year, so summer and autumn flowering plants, again, in general, they will flower on growth produced current year. So you can cut them back any time up to kind of end of February, early March. That's general advice, but I mean, it's, it's not far off the mark. Okay, Barry in Bandon has gooseberry bushes that he needs to move where they are in the garden at the moment. The kids playing football during the summer are playing havoc with them. So he wants to move them out of the way of where the kids kick ball. When is the best time to move gooseberry bushes? He got some great fruit from the gooseberry bushes this year. The, well, the right time to move them is you're not far off, but we're not there yet. You you really want the 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 plant to be totally dormant, so it needs to be the middle of the winter. Trish, it needs to be very very cold. There's no growth in the plant, so that you lift them. I would have their new home and their new holes dug ready before you take them out of where they are, so that they're out of the ground for no time at all. Lift them probably December January time uh, when the, the winter is at its coldest, uh, and then cut them back quite hard when you're moving them to counteract the root damage and provided you give them plenty of water next year and you get a good root ball when you're moving them the chances are they should transplant fine Okay and then two people have a similar uh, question including uh, Jenny in Fomoy who is looking for suggestions for winter colour in her hanging baskets what would Peter suggest and somebody else asking a similar question saying I would love some winter uh, would love some colour in her hanging baskets uh, will they survive over winter? Uh, well, they will, depending on what you put into them. Yeah. And I think uh, we've talked about it before over the years, Trish, and I think it's a lovely thing to do because, you know, we, we tend to think of summer or hanging baskets and window boxes and that as purely the domain of the summer garden. But actually, it's probably in the winter when things are a bit dull and grey that we could do with that lift a bit more. So uh, plants I would use for winter colour hanging baskets would be your your winter pansies and violas. Obviously, they'll be great and they'll tolerate the weather. Uh, winter heathers are another good one. Um, and particularly Irish grown heathers because they'd be very good for, for local bee populations where there's little enough else in flower, okay? Uh, ornamental grasses, evergreen ornamental grasses such as carex are nice too in the, the centre of baskets or window boxes during the winter. Uh, little cyclamens as well. Uh, they'll be, they're the, the kind of bedding cyclamen as we call them. They'll be nice and cheerful and give a bit of colour. And always, of course, uh, don't forget something to trail down. So even just a bit of nice ivy. Oh, I love um, ivy. And it, Again, like the summer ones, Trish, you can go multicoloured in a, in a basket or you could pick, dare I mention the C word, Christmas, this early in the year. But you could think to Christmas and have just a red and white themed basket, which might be nice too. You haven't obviously been in the supermarket lately. All the selection boxes are already in. Along with the boxes. I'm blind to them. Yeah. I'm blind to <laughs> you're, them. You're dead right. And a final one. Uh, everybody's on the move. Um, Anne says, hi, Patricia. Just Peter, when is the right time to move an apple trees? They're cooking apples, if that's of any use. Exactly the same advice as what we gave there, Trish, on the gooseberries. So you'd want to do it right in the middle of the winter when the plant is completely dormant. She doesn't say how established the, the apple trees are. And obviously, the longer they're established, the greater the risk comes when moving them. So if they're only in the ground a year, they'll move very, very easily. 
Uh, but if they've been in the ground five years or more, then that risk gets bigger and bigger when you're moving them. But the right time to do it is, let's say, December, January time again, when the 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 the, the winter is at its coldest. And again, have their new hole ready for them. Don't have them lying out of the ground. Have the new home ready before you take them out of their, their existing location. OK, all right. Listen, we leave it there. We'll chat again next week. Thank you for that, Peter. Thanks, Trish. Talk thanks, then. Thanks for joining us. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, the Irishgardener.com. Well, that's where I leave you for today. And my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. And we'll be back with you tomorrow morning for another edition of the programme at 10 o'clock. On to the night, Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.